Welcome to OKHR Leads. I'm Tara Crowley along with Rob Trotter and I currently serve as the certification chair for OKHR State Council and Rob is the president for the Sooner HR chapter in Norman, Oklahoma. We are chatting with our community and searching for nuggets to share and pass along about current working environments. Our lineup today is with Michael Shaw, aka Mac Mike. Mike is our <laughs> OKHR's immediate past director, and as of January, he was elected to SHRMS, that's Society for Human Resources Management, Membership Advisory Council, the Mac. This is a big deal. Mike is one of five in the nation who is a liaison for local chapters to the Society for Human Resources Management, and he advocates on all of our behalf. Mike has had a range of professional roles from consultant to owner and all related to HR functions. You will hear him promote his alma mater, East Central University out of Ada, and truly promote anything and any anything and everything from emceeing state conferences to functions in DC. This guy's full of life and verve. We're going to have a fun conversation with Mr. Mike Shaw or or Mac Mike. And I think for the rest of this session, you will not hear much from Rob or myself. Right. You will hear from Mike. <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes in the middle, we'll prompt him with questions, and I know that you guys are going to have a hysterical time. So, welcome, Mike. How welcome are you? Welcome, Mike. Welcome, well, Mike. Hey, Rob, Tara, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate being here today uh, um, on, of all days. I know this isn't going to air today, but it is St. Patrick's Day, yep. which is a holy day for Mike Shaw. <laughs> it, um <laughs> And a day of probably regret for my wife, as this is our 16th anniversary today. So wow. uh, glad to share that with you guys. Uh, um, Man, you know, we're okay, lucky. HR, yeah, okay, HR is um, probably the longest commitment I've ever had in my life, and my wife is my second longest commitment. So really, right there, that's that's uh, all my family's right here, all together. Hey, okay. Can you back up and say your longest is commitment is with OKHR? So how long has that been? I mean, more than 16. Uh, yeah, make you think. Um, let's see. It has been 19 years, 19 years. Wow. Um, so I started with Tulsa Area Human Resources, um, if I'm not mistaken, back in 2002, um, and, uh, after, right after I started my first, uh, um, real HR job, uh, with bios corporation up in, uh, uh, in Tulsa and, uh, I haven't stopped since. Wow. That's amazing and impressive. I'm sure that you've met a ton of people and they've come and gone and I, you know, I, well, I mean, we want to hear about you, but I all, I'm also truly interested yeah. on what you've seen difference-wise since you've been in OKHR or involved, because I could see it, you know, just how many changes or what has happened, just even in the past year. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, I, uh, I would say, A, um, I appreciate you wanting to hear about me, but other people are way more interesting. Um, and so... <laughs> I would totally want to hear about them too. Um, and I have seen, I mean, I've seen it, uh, um, evolve and, uh, there you go. There's my, uh, 2021, um, uh, OKHR state conference, uh, plug right there evolve. Right. Yes. Um, so and I've watched it evolve. Uh, and, it, and of course I, I've, I've watched it evolve through my own slanted eyes because I've evolved. Right. Um, right. and so I think that that's, that's kind of an interesting, uh, you know, kind of looking at it as um, this is how I've evolved. And this is also how I see OKHR evolving. Um, you know, it used to be email was huge. Um, right. And now email is not as important as um, your social media presence. Um, and then over the last year, you're right. We've, we've moved from, oh man, you know, if you, especially for me, I, um, I, I helped start a uh, smaller chapter, 
And we'd get excited when we had 20 people there. You know, 25, 30 was a huge, huge uh, uh, meeting. Right. And now we have chapters that are having 100, 150, 200 people mm-hmm. because of the capability that we have with uh, things like uh, what we're talking about today or, or talking on today with Zoom and right. Teams and um, all of these things. It, it's it's yeah. it's odd how it's connecting us in a in a very disconnected world. Right, right. Well, we kind of hopped forward as far as, you know, talking about OKHR, but can we back up just a little bit and hear about you and your background and what led you to your career in HR? Uh, Yeah, so um, I always start with um, when I was in middle school, (laughs) I took one of those personality uh, uh, profiles, right, where it tells you what your career is going to be. And uh, it said uh, politician or preacher. And uh, so I was like, heaven or hell. And I picked, uh, I picked the middle, which is HR, because sometimes you're a politician, sometimes you're a preacher. Uh, um, and so I just felt like um, HR was the perfect middle. Um, and when I uh, made the decision um, not to pursue, after I did my master's, not to pursue law school, um, a lot of that had to do with I'd already found the position that I wanted to, to work with. Um, I love the legal aspect and the labor relations, employee relations, case law um, uh, that um, human resources offered. And then I've just been able to grow since then. Um, really, I had no interest in, in uh, benefits and compensation when I came out of college, and uh, but it provided me an opportunity to grow. So I I went um, full bore and, and learned more about that. And uh, so I, I really kind of just moved from that employee relations recruiter to um, trying to, to become a, a full scale, you know, generalist, uh, if you will, um, where I, where I uh, tried to, tried to master all of them. I don't know that I've mastered any of them, but uh um, tried to get better in each and every way um, so that I could be a, a greater um, advocate for both my employees and my employer. You, you reminded me of something of saying politician or preacher there. I think his name is Adam Grant. Um, yes. Right. And he, he yeah. talks about what is it? Politician, preacher. And then is it promoter? I mean, you've just already hit two right. of his three main focuses of what we naturally do. So there you go. Right. You're just, you're, you're, you're working to, to, to where you naturally land. And obviously we hit Amen. This, but you, but Amen. find what you're good at and figure out how to get paid. So, Mike, <laughs> that's exactly right. When, when you were, when you were in college and you, you picked HR, that interests me because back in that day, HR was not quite the career path that most people would be, would look for in college. So I'm interested in uh, that moment where, you discovered HR and uh, how that, how that went and kind of describe that for me. Yeah. And so this is where I give uh, a praise uh, again. Uh, you'll probably hear more, me give uh, more name drops than uh, any person you'll ever have on here. Um, I don't know that I'm that interesting, but uh, a person who is extremely interesting is Becky Payton. Um, Becky Payton um, ended up teaching one of my master's classes at East Central um, and, uh, uh, at the time she was the director of human resources for York international, um, and has since gone on to be the CHRO of mercy hospitals and then the COO of mercy hospitals, um, before she retired. And she was just like, she would talk about her day in day out job and the mental acrobat, uh, um, that that she would perform going hey i had this person who uh had this workers comp injury uh, but i can't actually move to terminate them because of the injury uh, without it costing us a lot of money and just the i i remember that one as being one of the first ones where she had this workers comp where this guy tested positive um but at the time oklahoma's workers comp law um didn't allow you to deny a worker's comp injury just because somebody tested positive and this person tested positive, like was like 
super high. Their concentration of THC was super high. Like they would have had to have been high at the moment of the drug mm-hmm. test type thing, but they couldn't fire them because uh, workers comp law wouldn't allow them at that time necessarily to do that. Um, um, and so I, it was so interesting to me. And then I started reading. Um, I was always a big, uh, um, when I was thinking about going to con, uh, to law school, I was really thinking about concentrating in con law because I love case law, constitutional law and case law and how that evolves. And HR, really, if you think about 20 years ago, um, 20, 25 years ago, it was evolving um, significantly. And there was a lot of case law that was uh, that was happening um, right then in time. And, and, and since then, has happened every year where it changes what our job looks like. And that just interested, interested me. Um, so when you add the people, um, plus the law, and that was really what I wanted to do, like, um, listening to, to, to Becky talk about what she did every day. I was like, I want to do what you do. How do I make that happen? Um, and then I just went and applied for jobs, um, and got blessed, uh, um, and was a, uh, was named the director of employee relations for a company um, that worked with people with developmental disabilities. And it was a fantastic experience. Um, and they gave me a lot of, uh, a lot of leeway to grow. We, as a company grew, we grew from 750 employees to about 1400 employees wow. over, uh, that, that first three years. And so I got to, wow. you were talking about, yeah, right. So I got to lean in to what I was, what, what I was naturally, um, I guess gifted at, which was recruiting and, and, um, and kind of preaching, teaching, uh, with orientation (laughs) and training classes. And, um, it just like all things came together, like so fantastic for me. I, 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 I really do feel blessed. And then as I was, uh, as I kind of started off the show with it being St. Patrick's day, um, about two years into working for the company, um, we had this employee of the year and she was smoking hot. Um, and, uh, and eventually, uh, I married this smoking hot, wonderfully, uh, gifted, um, person who has terrible eyesight. So, um, she was like, yeah, you're good looking. She, again, I, I still haven't, we haven't got her LASIK because then she'll leave me. Um, so, um, you know, uh, married the employee of the year and, uh, uh, life's been good since. I'm, I'm a little bit dumbfounded here. I know, right. I just went, I went, I, we went on a whole different path. (laughs) You're hilarious. I was about, my next question is, um, what in your career lights your fire? I think we just heard that. You found your life. Well, Right, exactly. So <laughs> that worked out really well. Um, you know, I, I always tell people like it really worked out well for me, uh, especially being a young man, you know, 23, 24, 25, um, um, you know, in HR in and of itself, every conference I went to, like I was one out of, I, yeah. I was, there yeah. was like one guy for every like four 30. or five ladies. And so, Right, exactly. And so they're like, oh, hey, how you doing? And it was like, it was, I'll be honest, it's easy to stick out um, um, when you're one of the few people there that are over six foot tall. um, And you're one of the only people that are uh, a male and uh, um, in a, and so, I mean, even that part of it, um, I got, you know, when we're looking for diversity, you know, diversification, in, in different things, people would give me opportunities because they wanted to have a male voice because there wasn't that many males in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's and so, and I find it interesting if you think about where we're at now mm-hmm. um, and as a society, um, we are so much more aware of the importance of diversifying For sure. um, our organizations and sure. how that diversification leads to greater voices being heard, but also greater, greater diversity in our customer base. And so I think about that in my young HR uh, experience, being one of the few males that were there and now seeing CEOs, COOs, 
and seeing more female um, COO, um, CEO, CAO um, individuals and those doors opening because people are seeing, hey, you know what? It's better if we diversify because those voices are going to lead to um, better workplaces, better customer service, better better opportunities for us to diversify our products um, to individuals. And so I, I think 20 years ago, HR was really good at marketing very hard to that 30 to 50-year-old female market. Mm. Um, and now it's become more diversified where – um, you, you're seeing uh, more males in, in human resources um, and, you know, just overall, we're a, a much more diverse um, organization What or do you diverse think, profession. What you just told me an experience of it, of some things being flipped for you. What do you think you took away from that saying, hey, I was the you know, mainly the only male in a predominantly female kind of profession. How did that open your eyes? I, you know, at the time, you know, I was young and I was just trying to uh, open my own doors. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get it. I, I, I can't tell you that I really got it. Yeah. Um, um, I think now as, uh, uh, as I've had the opportunity the last four or five years to look back, um, I think it makes it where I'm much more aware, mm, mm-hmm. much more aware of the people that that uh, I surround myself with, whether they work for me or whether it's somebody that I uh, am friends with or somebody I get to mentor. Like I'm much more aware of the importance and the impact of that um, mm-hmm. and, and what it says about not just me, but about human resources and about human resources leadership. We can't preach that we, we want people and we want um, greater diversification and the importance of diversification unless we surround ourselves with, with diverse individuals. Yeah, um, true. We start, we, I, I just, I think that's the thing that, um, that probably just that it's made me much, much more, so much more aware of myself. Um, and, and I don't look to judge and, and, and damn other people necessarily. I look to the opportunity to say, Hey, it works for me. If it works for you. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always try to be an advocate and, and, um, and, and I'm, I'm vested in it too. I mean, you, uh, you know, the listeners may not know this, but Tara, I know you and Rob do, um, you know, I, uh, um, I'm a foster dad and adopted dad and I have two, uh, uh, two children that, um, one is African American, um, and the other is African American and Hispanic. Um, and so when I think about those things, I don't, I, I genuinely think about how it's going to affect them long-term. Yeah. Um, you know, and how it's going to affect my grandchildren. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, I mean, the doors that are open now are going to be so significant, uh, not just because I want to try to be a good person, but quite frankly, because of my own selfishness. Mm-hmm. I, got, I, I got a real pull into this, right? I got a real family tie into this. It's important to me, uh, not because Mike Shaw is trying to look good. Um, look, I'm so open minded. I'm so this, I'm so that. Um, it's really because Mike Shaw's super selfish, mm-hmm. and there's nobody in this world that I love more than my kids. And so, selfishly, I'm in a profession that I can make a profound impact for them. Right, right, um, right. And, and quite frankly, I think we all do things that are selfish, and that's good. It makes it it makes us more passionate about it when we're when when we're willing to be a little bit more selfish. So, yeah. Mike, you, That's it. there you go. That take away that everybody yeah. needs to be a little bit more selfish. <laughs> that, selfish uh, equals passion. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Mike, you talked about your early influence uh, right out of college going into 
going to HR, you know, diversification, but you just touched on it, but I want to get a little deeper into your, your foster experience as a, as a young child and how that's impacted uh, your view on your career and, and things you do today. So can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. Um, and, and my buddy, Josh Falk and I actually uh, have uh, had the great pleasure of uh, speaking about how we, uh, uh, as foster parents and, uh, and as adoptive parents, how we kind of foster, use that message in um, our own workplace, you know, um, um, but, you know, for me, just being an adopted kid, uh, I was, you know, I was so blessed to be chosen. Right. I mean, um, and I think when I, when I, when I think about that being chosen, my, um, I always think about, uh, this time where my mom told me that my sisters were a lot older than me. They were 11 and 17 years older than me. Um, and I remember this, uh, I was probably, I don't know, 11, 12, um, and, uh, um, and, and one of my sisters smarted off about me being adopted and she was a little bit older. She was 11 years older than me and she smarted off and, and it was just a tongue, a cheek of, uh, you were adopted. And the irony is, is that, yes, I actually was adopted. And I was like, yeah, but mom chose me. She got stuck with you. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> right. And so, uh, that's right. Well, and so here's the thing with our employees and how it, how that message and that, that memory of my mom, when she told me, um, that I was chosen. Um, and it, and it, uh, I, I'll have to tell that story another time. I don't want to get choked up here, but, um, but it profoundly affected me in that. So if, if we think about employee engagement right now, so many of our employees, when we see disengagement numbers so high, it's because they feel like we were stuck with them. Mm. Whereas when we were recruiting them, they were chosen. Mm-hmm. And we have to remind our employees they were chosen. We have to inspire them to remind them that we are so blessed to have them. We chose them. And I think that's probably, um, if I can think of the, the biggest thing that I, that, that I take away from my own personal experience of being adopted and my, and, and me telling my son and my daughter, these things, um, um, because it is hard when you're adopted, you know, you have to think about, the people who didn't choose you, right? Your biological parents who didn't choose you or couldn't overcome certain addictions or couldn't overcome certain things that would allow them to raise you. And it's not that they're terrible people. Sometimes people just have demons. And when we think about being chosen by somebody, there have been jobs that people have been that they've worked at, that they hated, that their boss was terrible, that they were racist, that they were sexist. They were, they have, they they had former places where they worked at, where they had demons. But if we can remind them that they worked for us because they were chosen. Do you and think put that, that behind them because they were chosen for us? Yeah. Do you so think, yes. Sir. Do you think that right now there's, there are articles coming out saying because of the pandemic that people are so burnt out, we will see a mass exodus of people looking for different jobs. What you just said, how do you, how are you suggesting that we capitalize on that saying, okay, we know that people are worn out with this whole pandemic part, but I mean, I love that part of you're chosen, but what do you think is, you know, like where you work right now or, or suggesting to other groups how how are we making that how are we making that impact so they do know they were chosen i think you know the most uh, important part is connection mm-hmm. um whether that be uh, understanding what motivates that individual um you know when i was uh, so go back uh mike shaw is his uh his first opportunity uh, as the director of human resources and i thought everybody that uh, worked for me wanted my job because I wanted my job. So they wanted it. Right. And so I get my entire team in and I'm like, 
oh yeah, here's what's going to do. I'm going to make all of you HR uh, directors and here's how I'm going to do it. And, and here's the training plan that we're going to do. And I had uh, one employee um, who was my payroll manager who was like, Mike, I did, I don't, I don't want your job. I just want to be able to process payroll and I want to go home and spend time with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. And man, you know, I, I, I was 26, 27 years old at the time. And wow, that I'll be honest, that, that was one of those conversations. You know, we all have those, uh, a lot of conversations that, that have impact on us. That was a profound impact for me because it made me realize that not everybody that works for me wanted to be the next HR director for a company. Right, right. And so I got to know her. I got to know what, what motivated her her and so when she did an exceptional job and i knew that they loved movie nights i made sure to go to the local movie theater and buy a gift card or a voucher for moving for for the movies for her and her kids because that's where she would go above and beyond and i think with our employees um in this time where people are so burnt out i think it's the personal connection Mm-hmm. And where it's the, do you remember, so I, I actually just used this uh, in, in uh, one of my, uh, uh, so we just rolled out new core values and a, uh, a new uh, uh, system called uh, uh, Storytellers that goes with our uh, core values. Customers don't see um, when, you, when people are doing exceptional because they just expect that you're going to do the job, right? right? That other employees see that. And so right. our storytellers are all based on, all based on our employees telling how other employees mm, mm-hmm. um, lived lived up to our core values, right? Because they're our best internal advocates, right? And so I was telling them when I was giving them that example, and I was rolling out that program. I was talking about, um, do you remember the movie Avatar? Big blue yes. people, the right. blue, big blue anti Smurfs, right? Right. Um, so there's a, there's a really poignant point in that movie where one of the big blue people looks at the other big blue person and goes, I see you. And it's not that, Hey, I see you. You're right in front of me, you know, whatever. It's that I see you. I see who you are. I see what you stand for. I see what you are meant to be. I see what you value. And I think for us as great leaders, we have to understand our business, but we also have to see people. And if we can see those people, then we don't have to pay the most money. We don't have to have the greatest benefits because they know that we see them. Right. And they know that when we see them, we're going to do whatever it takes to make them successful in whatever they define success as. And so back to that first payroll person my job at that time, I wasn't ready yet, um, and she helped me see that by seeing her, I valued her. And when I valued her, she would never leave. Right. So wrapping, that never in a leave bow, wrapping that in a bow, mm-hmm. it's the platinum rule. Treat others as they want to be treated. That's right. I, right. And, and I think it, and, and it's, to go to that, it's no others. Yeah. Yeah. No others see it. Um, and, and I think that's, that's again, when we look at people who are, are simply cog makers and you know, when I hear people go, well, somebody else will come and work for that amount. You're right. They will, but they also won't point out when there's a problem at the company. Right. They're just cog makers. And, and, you don't and value just, them. Th- this is why I, I think you're, you're, you're one of a kind because I don't know anybody else who would, Go to the movie Avatar and find deep, meaningful <laughs> That's what I'm talking right? about. <laughs> right, right. Anti-Smurfs. Anti-Smurfs. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anti-Smurfs. Yeah. I can't wait to see what you think after you come out of the movie Jaws or, uh, you know, people under the right. stairs. Like, like <laughs> hey, people under the stairs, that's. That's the employees that you don't pay enough attention to. And then they turn into monsters. Then they turn oh into my different gosh. employees, right? Right. Okay. That's, that's, there you go. Rob, you. We could do this all day. Hold on. Hold uh, on. 
We have a new plan for Mike and Rob. You both need to have a, a movie night uh-huh. and then you both watch the movie and then Rob, you'll come away with some technical whatever. And then Mike's going to go, and here's the bottom line of something totally right. cuckoo. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That's so that's good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be great. HR at the movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Love it. Hey, um, what is your favorite? So, you know, HR has plenty of different pathways. And, and I heard you say at the beginning, you know, your interest in the legal aspect of it. So that tapped into something that you're interested in. But then you learn benefits. And then you talked about diversity and inclusion and compensation. I mean, there are pieces, if you're a generalist, that you can go, I mean, safety even, of that you can dip your toe in. What... Are you surprised about in HR, and what area do you like the best? Ooh, uh, wow! I stumped so you. So I did get in. <laughs> yeah, right. So there's, you know, the great thing about about human resources is there's so many different things. Right. I mean, if you've got a, if you really got a good finance. Uh, um, background or that's where your passion lies, you uh, you have the opportunity to go into compensation and benefits. And I think I don't think people understand how okay. important compensation and benefits are um, to an organization. Um, and so I find those like as as somebody who really loves performance management, um, like I find that to be a, a something that I I truly know on. And I think. People always, uh, probably because I, I love recruiting and I love training, people would probably automatically go, oh, well, that's his gig. Like, he's an extrovert, and, and so he goes, he, uh, he's always going to go to those natural positions. But really, it's performance management, compensation, um, and benefits because of the fiscal impact. Because if we, yeah. can, if, if we can be in tune with the fiscal impact, that our employees are having on the organization, then we can ensure that the organization remains healthy. Right. And so for me, um, I, I honestly, I think that's probably my, my biggest passion point. And I will tell you that, um, you know, 23 year old, uh, Mike Shaw would have never said that. In fact, I would have told you there's no way in heaven or, or Hades, that I would ever consider telling anybody to uh, uh, look at benefits and compensation. But I think those are the places where I've grown the most. And so I find them the most interesting. Right. 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 On one of our other conversations, uh, we talked about HR and my kind of overarching comment of it was, I feel like HR has made me want to be a better person. Because you're seeing these things that are, you know, impactful in your, I mean, in your community or what's happening with an employee who's having, you know, they have some horrible ailment or something, but you are, you are helping them to be better. And so it's just a, I don't know, that's why I think it's somewhat satisfying is that you potentially have a very big impact on, on your employees. Oh, yeah. oh, I agree. And, you know, I find it interesting. Uh, let's just be truthful. If, uh, if, there were more, if there were more better people in the world, HR wouldn't exist, right? You think about our, our, our whole role. No, no, no. The way that I look at it, you look at, the, you, you look at OSHA, you right. look at FLSA laws, you look at uh, labor okay. relations laws. All those were were created because at some point people were terrible people and they only thought about the bottom line or they only thought they didn't really think about the health and safety and welfare of others. And so in essence, our, our whole job duties came about because there were some truly terrible people. Like, right. uh, you know, if you think about e- even in the, the tens, twenties, thirties, where you had kids that were working at manufacturers right. and losing right. limbs and losing right. life. Right. 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 Well, and also with, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over to you. No, no, go ahead. 
Well, it, isn't that the reason that you have employee handbooks and why you have so many or potentially so many um, items in there? It's because one person did one thing. <laughs> and so you write it in a handbook. So um, it seems like right now your handbook is beginning to to ratchet back because you're trying to make it more generic and smaller. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, you would say, oh, we're going to make a policy because one poor person wore were sneakers and gosh, they can't wear sneakers to work. They need to wear dress shoes. You know I mean? So it was something that's yep. potentially silly, but it impact, impacts everyone. So yeah. Look, yesterday I was eating beef jerky. <laughs> um, and uh, because that's what mature adults do. Is that, uh, was that your they, lunch? Yeah. Beef yeah, jerky they, and uh, bean dip? Eat, and, <laughs> uh, well, beef jerky and Red Bull. <laughs> Um, so like I try to, I try to be a very mature adult. Um, and so, but on the back of the package, and I wish I would have taken a picture of it, um, it, on the package, it says, do not eat package. And somebody (laughs) ate the package for them to have that on the package. You're like, why would that, who, like at what point did you go? Yeah this shiny mylar looking stuff. <laughs> yeah. I should totally, you know what? It probably tastes like beef jerky too. Well, let's could, let's have could. some of that. Oh, uh, that's funny. Right? So, so but, and, and, you know, there are so many HR rules and there's so many handbook stuff where quite honestly, even with our handbooks, um, and I just went through a rewrite of a, a handbook and I've probably written a, Oh, I don't know. Eight to 10 handbooks, uh, in my career. Um, and the thing about handbooks, uh, that I, that I get, um, depending on the organization are we really, we're talking to the dumbest person oh. in the organization at times. And that's not how we should treat our employees, right? We shouldn't have to say, Hey, our expectation is that you show up to work. That should be one of those things where we're like, hey, we want to hire you. We want to treat you so well. We want to create a place that, it, that, that makes you so passionate you want to show up for work. Because that's really what I wanted to say, right? I don't want it to say you should show up for work or right. I'm going to fire you. Right. I want it to say love this company and this company is going to love you back to the point that you're going to hate having to stay at home. And so to your point earlier about individuals who are like, you know, going to start looking for other jobs after this pandemic is over, man, think about what that says. Mm-hmm. Think about the, what that says. We are responsible for and where we're the culture warriors, where I think human resources can evolve to, mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. is no longer being the policy um, patrol the being the culture warriors. Right. Not, yeah, Man, we don't want to. The evolution, Mike, of, you know, yep. being the, the rule makers, what, what OSHA and stuff was created for and what we're doing now, which is, I think, really exciting is we're, we're the officers of engagement and um, inclusion and helping the companies grow and, and to be open, openness. Absolutely. Right. Chief engagement officer, right? And, and so, and I was listening, to, I, I read this uh, uh, article the other day and it said how human resources has to, has to be um, the, enga- the chief engagement o- officers. And I'm going to tell you that I disagree with that. Only to this point, the CEO, the chief executive officer mm-hmm. has to be the chief engagement officer. Mm-hmm. So- and then HR can be the the top uh, the number one cheerleaders okay but so, if your ceo isn't aligned with with diversity isn't aligned with empowerment of employees isn't aligned with performance management and promotion of employees and promotion of, of the company core values to a degree that you're living it and people want to be at work then human resources can only do so much and quite frankly those good human resources employees will leave that company right so is there anything that uh, those those human resources people can do if if they don't have that ceo that's that's so focused on on engagement yeah leave 
I mean, and I mean that in all honesty, um, if you go and look at Indeed, LinkedIn, all these other um, companies, uh, OCHRS, Sooner HR, Terra websites, Sherm website, there's a lot of HR jobs out there. Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of HR jobs out there. And the truth be known is if, if you work in a company that doesn't value their employees and you've done everything that you could to try to make that um, a, a priority for the organization, knowing that turnover, all it does is cost us productivity, then that's my tip is leave. And I've left yeah. companies because of that. And I've left companies, some companies just so that I could grow. Like at some point you're like, all right, I've done what I could do here. Now it's time for me to leave. Um, but other companies, I, that's exactly like I, I, they, I won't mention the company's name, but there was a company that I loved. I loved all the people I worked with. I loved so much of it. And what we built there, I was so much of it. It was part of my DNA. But the CEO there was so terrible to people. And when they decided to terminate somebody, they were ruthless in, in how they did it. And the last time I watched it, I was like, I'm leaving. And yeah. within 60 days, I had a new job yeah. um, because I couldn't do it. I, could, I, 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 I can't watch people be torn down. And I think great, I, I think great human resources people, and that's what I aspire to be. I'm not there yet, but one day I will be. Um, I hope, and I think great human resources professionals, um, great human capital, great human culture professionals, they can't watch that because it'll eat at their soul and it'll turn them into somebody that they're not. And so that my, my message to CEOs are, if you have a great HR person, listen. Oh, if you know you have a great HR person, listen. Because if right. you don't, they're going to go be a great HR person for your competitor. Right. Hey, let's circle back to Mac Mike. And oh. I want to hear, I want to hear, what does that mean? What does that mean for you? What, what is, what does it entail? And, you know, I mean, we said you've been involved in OKHR in some form or fashion since 2002 is what you said, but you were mm -hmm. a, uh, director or director elect for OKHR. Then you were the director for OKHR. And I'm sure there were other pieces and roles that you were in there. And I got to think just running the state organization had to have been a big undertaking, but then you get this opportunity to be one of five persons in the United States to be on the membership advisory committee to the big group of SHRM. What does that look like? What does yeah. that mean for you? What do you do? That's, I, I'm just in shock as <laughs> far as like, what does that mean? It's, it sounds amazing. Yeah. And I'm the, I'm the new kid on the job. So when you say, uh, what does that mean? I'm like, still learning. <laughs> I'm not really, I can't, uh, I'm trying to, you know, I think, um, my goal in, in being the Mac, uh, one, I will say, um, it's humbling because, uh, uh, we just, there's so many exceptional state and state leaders, um, out there. And so to be able to, to work with them, um, and, and listen to what they say they need. Right. So, um, you know, right now we, we just had a, some, something that, uh, within the last week that changed, which is Sherm national change, right? We're not going to be in Chicago anymore. We're going to be in Vegas. Right. Um, right. We're the not going to be in. Yeah. The Sherm national, uh, uh, Sherm, uh, 21 is no longer going to be in Bay, uh, is no longer going to be in Ch Chicago in June. It's going to be Vegas, uh, the weekend after labor day. And so, you know, communicating that out, communicating out to our, our members and, and uh, that that's going to happen. But then listening to them to tell us, Hey, this is how this is going to affect my state. Um, yeah. And bringing that back to Sherm. And then, you know, we have our surveys 
um, we, we, we do a survey of, uh, um, all SHRM members, um, in the spring. And then in the fall, we uh, have a secondary survey that uh, goes just to uh, volunteer leaders uh, like you and Rob. Um, and it's really the first one is, hey, tell us how we can improve SHRM so that it's a better benefit for, your, for, for human resources professionals. And then that second uh, is really how can we improve the SHRM experience for our volunteer leaders? And to me, that you know, always being a continual advocate of, of our professional. I'm so excited to, to look at those and then being a numbers nerd uh, and being able to read into what those surveys say um, is really exciting because then we get to take what our members say and, and analyze that. And then we get to go and present that to the SHRM national board. And so we're talking about like, do you get to physically go there and you sit with Johnny C. Taylor um, and, and Mike Aitken yeah. and all these big, oh my gosh, that is, it, is it intimidating or not? Um, you know, I haven't got to meet the board yet uh, because um, in November when I, uh, after I found out I, I was uh, elected the MAC, um, I wasn't officially a, a MAC, but I got to sit in on the uh, Zoom call for okay. the board meeting. Um and they okay. everything they did, you know, just like VLBM was all virtual. Um, but mm-hmm. in the future, as we get back to uh, whatever nor- the new normal is going to look like, yes, I get to meet um, um, these folks. And you're talking about, you know, uh, the CHRO of, of uh, Home Depots and, you know, these major, wow. you know, right. Fortune 100 companies that are sitting on, our, on the SHRM board and international companies that are sh- sitting on the SHRM board. And so... I, I look forward to it. Um, I don't know that I'll ever, um, there'll be a little bit of intimidation, um, um, but hopefully they'll never know it. Right. So right. Um, that's the, you just have a, uh, have a good poker face. Well, I just think that would be actually quite amazing to have the conversations with persons who are overseeing thousands, thousands and thousands of persons and how they've, you know, made strategy and those things where, where I am, it's a thousand employees or, you know, maybe a couple thousand or a couple hundred it's, or five, you know, it's, it's a different animal for, for each level of business. But that, I think that would be really interesting to talk to someone who, you know, are, is that, that big and see what their comments are. Well, and that, and honestly, I hope to bring, I hope to bring that voice. Right. Uh, so it, early in my career, I helped grow companies, um, significantly. The first two companies, uh, that I was a director in, um, we, uh, uh at least doubled, if not tripled in size from, uh, both of them started at 700, uh, 750 employees. One grew to about 14, 1500. The other one grew, uh, to a little bit over 2000. Um, and now I'm working for a company, um, uh, that is a public trust. Mm. And one of the, the big reasons that I, I moved from a consultant to accepting a role there is because I really wanted to learn more about labor relations. Mm-hmm. And, and then you look at uh, the, the election results and uh, President Biden um, is very much more pro-organized uh, labor. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to bring that point of view to our board members to say, Hey, look, as a business owner, this is how this is going to affect us as an HR person. This is how um, it's going to affect us. Um, I really look forward to that because um, there's not as much organized labor currently in the U S as there was uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, but that could change. Right. Uh, Right. If you have the, the right pro uh, uh, organized labor legislation that all could change. And there's not enough of us that are trained in that particular, uh, area of labor relations. Um, and so I think that's important. And for it's us very to, different. It's small. very different, isn't it? Yes. It's very there, different than so if many, you're not. Yeah. The rules are formal, right? Um, mm-hmm. and the stakes are higher because, right. um, you, you get better take good notes. That's going to cost money. That's right. right. 
That's yeah. right. So, well, I, you know, we have had a wonderful time visiting with you and really appreciate your time. We do have ending questions, but before we get there, yeah. did we miss anything that we needed to talk about with you? That's my, it's uh, not getting to our ending questions. You know questions. what? So uh, I don't know how much you're going to edit this. So I'm going <laughs> to throw out there that uh, um, in about uh, five weeks now, four weeks, five weeks, we, uh, we do have uh, um, uh, OKHR 21. Um, right. Um, uh, and so we want to, we, we just want to make sure that uh, all of our fr friends in Oklahoma come out I, I get that it's a virtual experience that's different but i promise that it'll it'll create you'll you'll have community my buddy greg hawks yeah. um is going to be in seeing it and right. uh um and so i think it's going to be an incredible event um, and even and if then, you're not from the state you can still since it's going to be virtual you can attend so i mean that, we know that we true, have bruce right. waller who's going to listen to this so shout out to bruce waller um, who's out that's of Texas, right. my guess is, you know, he, he could be attending. So, I, I mean, if you're somewhere else, show up. Bruce Waller, by the way, interesting <laughs> fact about Bruce Waller. If yes. you ever need somebody on your, uh, on your bowling team. Oh, Bruce literally grew up in yes. bowling alleys. His, his family owns bowling alleys. Yes. He is an ace in the hole. Okay. The, um, we need to know these things. So the next time. Yes. Bowling, it's extremely important, right? Even, even if it's a even if we had a virtual somebody. bowling, even if we were so, all somewhere else, we had a virtual virtual bowling tournament. I'm going to call Bruce Waller first. I'm not calling you Mike. Mike I think Shaw. so. He Bruce. has to be. No, don't, don't. Mike Shaw <laughs> has one bowling trophy, but it's because I had an exceptional partner when I was like 10 years old. So uh, Mike Shaw is not a good bowler. Um, we can, we can absolutely. And then, uh, the other thing that I would say is, uh, um, you know, we do have Sherm 21 that's coming up the week after Labor Day. Um, I, I believe those dates are the 8th through the 13th. Um, and it's in Vegas. And so, uh, I would love to see as many people as possible there, especially yeah. out of our Oklahoma crews. Uh, but, Anybody out of our uh, Southwest Central crew, our 10 states, uh, we will be putting things what together. What are those 10 states I, I that you're the Mac for, by the way? Oh, I, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do Hold this. On. I'm going to mess it up. We could look it up. up. I, you have like New here. Mexico, right? You have, do you right. have Arizona? I do have uh, Michelle Gray from Arizona. Yep. Do you have Colorado? Uh, Amanda. Yep. Yep. Do, do, you, do you have Utah? No. Yes. I do. I, I do. Oh, uh, oh, okay. Uh, so we have four. No, Oklahoma. There's five. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have Kansas? Got Kansas. Arkansas. Got Missouri. Oh, Missouri. Uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. And Texas. <gasps> we listed them all. Wow. We got them all. We got. Okay. That is. Uh, okay. One bravo, fifth bravo, of bravo. our United Union, right? Our United States of America. One fifth. And let me just go ahead and tell you that's the best best fit. Of course. So, of course. All right. So we're going to go um, and do our end questions. These can be kind of quick. Um, so okay. let them just roll off your tongue. During right. COVID, so we're not totally far away from COVID yet. This is still, I think we're still walking through it at the time of this, uh, of our recording. What have you been surprised about that you've either learned about yourself or that you've done differently because you've been in COVID world? That if you go into an inverted state, kind of an introvert state, um, it's really hard to pull yourself out of that. Mm. Um, mm. So I, you know, I would, I would say that that's probably uh not having my folks, my HR people, right? Mm -hmm. They energize me and they have for 20 years of my career. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, like once I was, uh, you know, I felt that introversion really kind of coming out. And what people probably won't know about me is, is uh, I'm a lot more introverted than what people think. Um, so I have to recharge my batteries. Uh, 
after emceeing an event or, you know, getting out there in front of a lot of folks, um, um, gliding, hand, handing and high-fiving everybody. It does, it, 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 it draws some energy out of me. And, um, but I would rather do that mm-hmm. than to be without people. Yeah. Like, uh, um, because I, I need that energy. I feed off that energy. And I think a lot of HR people, I think, uh, we saw a lot of HR people that emotionally, um, struggled during this time yeah. because they couldn't get that energy from each other. Right. Oh, I totally agree. All right. So what's, what's your mantra and what do you share with others? Oh man, how many, uh, you know what, uh, I have plenty of them, but, uh, um, being a six, two guy, I'm not the tallest guy after I met uh, people like Jeremy York from Indiana and Steve Brown from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have people give me a high five all the time and tell them, you know, what you did right there. And they'd say, what? And I'd say, reach a little higher and connected with somebody. And, and I think that's it is when you high five somebody, you reach a little higher and you connect with somebody. And in our lives, if mm-hmm. we continue to reach higher and connect with people, we're always in a much better place. Right. Perfect. All right. I'm copying from Brene uh, Brown's podcast. She likes to ask what, and so I'm asking you, what do most people get wrong about you? I think most people uh, think that I don't take things as seriously as I do. Mm. Um, Generally, I love to laugh and uh, have a good time and I'll crack a joke. But uh, sometimes I laugh and crack a joke because I'm not quite ready to answer the, the question or, or jump into that conversation. I need more time to think about it. So sometimes that's a defensive mechanism just so that I uh, make sure I'm on solid ground before we have that serious talk. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Now we've just peeled a layer of onion from you. So good to know. Right, right. <laughs> The Anders hey. tears in my eyes. You can't <laughs> yeah. see it because we my, can't because uh, we can't video. see you. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. My video. Uh, 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 I don't know what's happening, um, but but it killed over on me. So I'm glad that I, I at least dialed in. Right. So, Mike, I got the next question here, and I'm I'm curious to know, besides Avatar, what movie should HR folks go watch? to glean some inspiration from or Mike. Isn't. Whoa. <laughs> wow. That what a phenomenal, phenomenal question. Uh, <laughs> wow. Or uh, since it's the age of streaming, do you, you know think- what? Here's the thing here. I, I, I don't know that I have a great answer for that, but I'm going to go with Aladdin. Okay. Okay. So, and the reason I say that one is Aladdin is my favorite uh, movie because uh, he was in a, he was an orphan and being an adopted kid. I, uh, I, I really sincerely, it was my favorite uh, movie growing up. And, uh, but I will say that the reason is, is because in your companies, you, you know, everybody wishes they had more money to do this or wishes that they had more money to have this program or that program. And that's all fine and well, but the truth is, is until you look into yourself and until you can really truly connect with people and connecting with people costs very little to nothing. And so you can wish for all these other things and you can wish to be a prince. You can wish to be a princess. You can wish to be a king or a queen. You can wish to have all the money in the world. But the fact is, is that none of that matters if you're not connected with your employees. Mm. Mm, profound, profound, profound. I think that that is circling this back in you did phenomenal mac mike and well so enjoyed um connecting with you i think what you've just said is so profound good for you and i'm glad that i've got to hear it so hopefully you know somebody will it's the inspiration of the people it's inspiration of, of, of the people i get to hang out with right when i when i've got uh you tara and rob um, on here, like I've got to raise my game because I've got two exceptional people um, <laughs> on the on this call, and so I got to make sure my game is uh, at least uh, uh, you know it's kind of that old the, the saying that if you reach for the sun, uh, sun at least you're getting a little bit warmer. Um, so I just try to reach up there to where you guys are at. Okay, 
I'm going to take it. So how can people connect with you, Mike? Uh, at Twitter, at HR2CEO. Uh, and you can actually find me, um, you can actually type that in on LinkedIn as well at, uh, at, uh, my, my LinkedIn. I don't know what they call that thing, but it's a uh, HR two CEO as well. And, handle. Is it um, handle? That, I guess maybe the LinkedIn handle. I'm not sure how they, how they, uh, what they call that, but you can look at uh, Mike Shaw, um, um, and you should be able to find me there. I am the one, uh, with a very well-trimmed beard in that picture. And that would be opposite of what it looks like uh, uh, post-COVID. There you go. Steve Brown. So we did our volunteer leadership meeting and he spoke and he talked. Do you remember what he talked about, Mike? I'm struggling here. You're putting me on the spot. Okay. Uh, Do you have, can you see us yet? I I can see, I can see you. Now I can see you. Okay. Can you see Rob? Yes. <laughs> oh, tiny hands. Steve's tiny hands. Oh. So, we're going to say bye. Oh. <laughs> Bye-bye with the tiny I've hands. I've had a problem since I've gotten vaccinated. I don't know what it is. Somebody help me. Please. <laughs> That's awesome. That, those are phenomenal. Those uh, are phenomenal. Lord. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. This was great. Yeah. Um, and we're going to be signing out. So, bye, Mike. Bye, Rob. Awesome. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you. Thanks, Mike.